Hi, and welcome to episode three of The Scrumps. Thank you for joining us again. With us on the show today, we've got Chris and Kaylee from Cider Explorers Club. Uh, they'll be talking about their cider business. Darren and Steph will be with us, talking all the usual bollocks, and we'll be reviewing three more ciders. So kick back, relax, enjoy the fun. Here's Steph with this week's quiz. Right, competition time. Join the podcast, I'm going to give you three clues to today's mystery cider. I'll be reviewing the answers at the end of the show. No prizes, it's just for fun. We might be organising a night out with Darren. Not quite sure how fun that will be though. Here is clue number one. This cider producer could be described as an early Rembrandt, Picasso or Van Gogh. Well, coming up next, we've got a real treat for you. We're joined by Kaylee and Chris from Orchard Explorers Club. We've let Darren and Steph loose with the questions, and uh, in this interview, they tell us all about their online cider business, how they selected their range, even who drives the car, and what to do if you're offered Strongbow dark fruits in a pub. The interview is split into three parts across today's podcast. Here's part one. Yeah, how you doing, Chris? How you doing, Katie? Nice to meet you both. Nice. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. No, thank you. Hi Chris, hi Kaylee. Do you any idea what you're letting yourself in for? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> That's why we're prepared with ciders. <laughs> Chris, Kaylee, it's great to have you on the show. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started with the Orchard Explorers Club? Um, basically, it all kind of stemmed out of um, us loving a good cider. Um, and I believe it was last year when lockdown first started, um, we realised that quite a few of the makers locally um, weren't really available online at the time. Um, and it was quite difficult to find much information on the ciders themselves, such as like if any sugars have been added or sulfited um, and like juice content. So that's basically um, where we were coming from, really. Um, and we just kind of wanted to provide a platform where people could try like a whole host of different things without having to commit to cases of singular ciders. They can mix and match and try lots of new things. I don't know if you want to add to that. <laughs> no, yeah, that's about it. It's just about, uh, so just give a bit of transparency so people yeah. can find out a bit more about what's in uh, their ciders. Because there are other places obviously that sell cider, but they don't always uh, go into that much depth about what's inside. So just give people an opportunity to find out more and learn a bit more. Yeah. So have you got a background in, in cider then, or was it just a love of cider that, that got you started? Pretty much a love of cider, love I would say. Cider, yeah. <laughs> um, I've made it on and off for, for years, mm. um, not particularly well, I'm not, not just, but just as I'll be making. Um, and I used to be involved in Beer on the Y up in Herbertshire, which is a fantastic um, camera festival, which um, had about 100 ciders. Uh, I used to be involved in that. And that's where I got introduced to, to cider as well, actually, um, where I turned up. Uh, I volunteered for the Ale Bar, and I said, well, they said, oh, we're, we're fully staffed on here, but can you help on the cider bar? 
Uh, I went over there with my pint of ale and uh, Sandy and Applejack, who were running the bar at the time, uh, soon set to work changing that. Uh, so I'm <laughs> one of the few people who have been converted by camera from ale to cider. Wow. Well, you're not the only one, because I've been converted from lager to cider. So we'll put it in the place on the boat. Yeah, if you've been converted from milk to cider. Yeah, put it from water to cider, let's be honest. Guys, how did you select your range of ciders? actually have quite a big like list of things we're looking for when we're selecting our sliders for the site um i don't want to run through them all in precise detail i mean we do have a lot of filters on the site which provides a lot of the information but generally we're making sure that we've got a really high juice content we're looking for at least over 90 usually aren't we yeah um no concentrate no concentrate that is the most important thing yeah that's the number one thing no concentrate (laughs) and and not faulty yeah um, (laughs) ideally as well yeah yeah, so we, we try and taste things. Um, so, yeah, it's basically about high juice content, um, good to drink, not faulty ciders, really. Um, but they're the main criteria, I would say. Um, yeah. Typically go for smaller makers. So, um, you know, even if uh, the, the likes of, say, Westerns came up with a full juice cider, you wouldn't still wouldn't find it. We tend to go for the, for the re- local producers and things. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are quite big, actually, for local producers. But you know. I was going to say, do you just focus on the local ones to you or do you look kind of nationally? Um, we go up to, so we've got some from all over sort of Herefordshire, Musha. Obviously, I used to live up in Herefordshire, so we are, we're probably slightly Herefordshire biased in our range. Uh, we'd also get them from Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, we have got some from, uh, or we did have uh, some from Cornwall, uh, they're sold out mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and we will have soon, um, when I get around to putting on the site, Nightingale, uh, Kent. Um, but we, we are we do try to visit all the producers that we have on the site um, so for that reason we don't perhaps have as much uh, you know um, for, particularly for example if you take some of the northern producers for example there's a lot happening up there yeah. which definitely under, under, underrepresented on a site um, we really need to see those and, yeah. and, and, and more of the eastern ones so. have, you, have you been invited by many local ones to actually come and sample their ciders? We kind of just invite ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> yeah, we do sometimes get contacted um, by, particularly by new makers, asking us to come. For example, yeah. Temple Cider. Yeah. Um, they contact us. They're a new maker. They only started last year. Started selling the cider around the same time as we'd opened, and they got in touch. Yeah. And we went down there, and and they were soon on the site. But yeah, they taste us for So quite a few, yeah, quite a few invite us up. But more often than not, we contact makers and say hey can we come up yeah. have a look have a taste and they're, they're generally pretty pretty helpful very supportive yeah um generally like to they like to share what they made like yeah. to, to yeah. tell us about it so it's good do you feel that now we're kind of coming out of lockdown this give you an opportunity to kind of go somewhere else and expand what you're tasting rather Absolutely. than stay local yeah <laughs> When we last had a little trip, um, I think we went to Little Orchard. Well, we were going to go to Little Orchard Cider Festival last September. Obviously, that was cancelled because of the lockdown, but we still had a few days booked at the B&B. So we went down to Cornwall. Um, we were quite excited to try some of the Cornish ciders they've got down there. So we had a nice selection from Gould um, and brought a few cases back of things. And it's just... As soon as we get a chance to go on holiday again, I'm pretty sure that most of our holidays are <laughs> cider. <laughs> cider buying chips as well. We like to put them two in one. An important question, if you're travelling anywhere, who does the driving? 
Oh, Chris does the driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's usually me. Um, yeah. We went to uh, Axminster um, a while back. Nick at Axminster came out. Um, this is uh, before the last lockdown, I think, about last autumn, when, yeah. we, were, when we were in between lockdowns at some point. Uh, and he came out uh, and he had uh, a nice platter of pork pies, uh, <laughs> cheese and, and bottles of cider for his range. And, and Kaylee, Kaylee got through that. I was driving, so uh, <laughs> I had a try and it, so I'd have a sip and then the rest of it going to Kaylee's glass. So uh, <laughs> I think that's what she gets the most out of these trips. Yeah. <laughs> So you say, uh, uh, Chris, are you saying Kaylee's the, the like the main taster then, based on the fact that you're driving everywhere? Yeah, chief tasting officer. Yeah, I'm very tasted, but I'll drink the larger quantity just to make sure it's okay. Quality assurance is vital. I think you've um, you've kind of alluded to this a little bit in your answer to Paul's question, but what, in your opinion, would make a really good cider and or Perry? Difficult to say, really. Um... I, I, well, previously when we first started, I had quite a sweet palate. As we've gone through and I've tested more and more ciders, my tastes are going a little bit more towards the drier side. So whereas previously I would have said, oh, like something quite sweet and fresh. Now I feel like a lot more tannin and body and a little bit of like dryness, what I'm looking for in a cider. Um, with a peri, I have to admit, I love a little bit of a peri more than I love a cider. <laughs> so I'm usually happy with most peris I drink. <laughs> um, but you look for di- lots of different things when you're drinking cider. Well, the good thing about peri as well is that they, they all can have a bit of residual sweetness. Mm. So uh, they're always sort of off dry yeah. or, or sweeter. Um, I, I tend to, I like both cider and peri. Um, I think Perry is very much an underrated drink, uh, but I tend to go for the dry side, so medium dry to dry. Um, I've actually gone slightly the other way. I've got slightly sweeter over the last year because I used to be like root, completely dry ciders. Um, but uh, I think over the last year, we've really, particularly later in the year, we've really opened up to many, much more keeved and cold rack ciders from like sort of um, mm. Scabari and Hex and, and people like those. Uh, and uh, and Oliver's as well, and they yeah. they they make some really really cracking stuff. So it sounds like both of your your tastes have changed, but you've gone from the opposite from sweet to dry and dry to sweet. Would that be is that kind of true? So I feel like we're both settling in medium now. <laughs> I'm still I'm still, I'm still medium dry to dry, but uh, I can appreciate a really nice uh, key or cold rack. So I, I tend not to like sugar added. I find it a bit cloying. Yeah. Um, but if it's the natural sugars in there, I, I don't quite like that. Do you, as as we've been doing this, we found that our tastes have changed as well, mm. and we kind of view ourselves a little bit more now as kind of cider snobs. <laughs> there's kind of certain ciders now we wouldn't even kind of contemplate drinking whereas a year 18 months ago we would you kind of feel you're the same now yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but i mean i lost one of the things about cider and perry is it's so much it's so much diversity i think I and mean, it's, mm. it's a journey and and as you go through that journey your taste will change well, that's the end of the first part of our interview. We'll be back with Chris and Kaylee very shortly. Uh, but before we do, let's go back to Steph. Um, clue number two, or cryptic clue number two of the Mystery Cider Quiz. Here's Steph. This is a quiz between me and you. Here is cryptic clue number two. This is a cider even Shakespeare could not tame. 
So welcome back to part two of Talk To Me, Tell Me. And in this section, uh, we'll be talking again to Chris and Kaylee from uh, OrchardExplorers.club. And um, I'm going to start off, uh, Chris, Kaylee, by asking you a really difficult question. If you could take only three ciders with you to a desert island... Which, Chris, you drove to, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> which ones would you choose to take with you? Can we go first? Oh, you can go first. I need to think about this. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's right. It's a very tough, tough choice. Um, We're good. We are going to put you on the spot. We do need answers. Is it, yeah. is it, is it There's no way out of it. Can it be a mix of cider and perry? Yeah, you can. Yeah, any any three you wish to choose. Oh, I think my number one would be the Thorn um, SVP from Ross on Y. That's my favourite. For, um, for anybody listening, it just happens to be in the background as well. <laughs> Trust me, I begrudgingly pack them. Um, oh, the Newton Court. Little outsider, I really love as well. Um, I could probably drink lots and lots and lots of that. Um, and I'd probably say the Bushland Peck Rich and Mellow Cider. And um, that was okay. one of the first ciders that um, we really tried on this on cider journey that we're taking. And it's just got really great, like toffee apple flavour and depth. It's just a nice, rich, beautiful cider. Thanks, Kaylee. That's great. Uh, Chris, the challenge is yours now, mate. <laughs> um, oh, it's very difficult because there's so many different ciders are very good in, in very different ways. Um, one of the ones I am partial to as a cider is a, is a bushel and pack rich, rich and mellow. Are you um, stealing my one now? Stealing that. <laughs> um, I think uh, the... I mean, unfortunately, there's a couple, of, a couple I really like that they're not, they're not making anymore. I think the, the Oliver's Key Perry number four was uh, really good. I don't think there's any of that batch left now. Um, that was a really nice batch So uh, we had. Um, and Hetz makes some really good stuff. Mm. Ross and Wine, I've got to choose one though. Uh, don't forget Scabari. Scabari, yeah. Uh, I should probably pick something that, that I can still get hold of. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'll just be taking an empty bottle to the island. <laughs> 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 Um, if you really don't have to, I've got like loads more I'd take away. You're going to use up my allowance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably um, the Hex Keep Your Eye into Mill, that was an absolutely fantastic uh, cider. That, that, that was gone, unfortunately, but again, mm. that, there's no more of that available. But uh, that was an absolutely fantastic batch of cider. So, again, a, a question that you kind of alluded to a little bit earlier on. So, what, what I found, and I've only been involved in cider really for a couple of years, is there's been a hell of a lot of innovation in the cider business i mean the other a couple of weeks ago i had a marshmallow flavored cider so i just wondered what your favorite innovation is just two two parts of the question what your favorite side of innovation is and if you think there's much more innovation left to be had or to be seen i think there's definitely lots more innovation left to yeah. be had um personally speaking one of my favorite things that i've experienced is um the broadway press and um, ice Oh, yeah. Ice racking. So they, they freeze their apples. So yeah. Broadway Press freeze. They started out using up uh, apples on a. So they were eating apples that were grade two. So mm. they weren't good enough in the supermarkets. Uh, not because there's anything wrong flavour wise, but because they weren't the right shape or size or what have you. Mm. A blemish, something like that. Uh, so they actually freeze their apples uh, for a day or two, I think. Mm. Uh, and then, then they press them. 
Um, apparently, they make them very easy to press, um, but it helps break the apples down. They get a lot more flavour out of them. So that's, yeah. a, that's an interesting. I mean, it is. I know I have heard of some people doing that at home, uh, particularly in the States. I, I hadn't heard of anyone doing that commercially before, um, but that made for a really nice fruity cider. Mm, um, so it's really fresh. nice stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think innovation necessarily needs to be restricted to what different flavours you can add to it. It's even those things um, like Ross and White doing, like adjusting the amount of sulfites that they add to the ciders as they make them. Um, so there's definitely a huge amount of scope and mm. there's been a lot of um, hopping recently, hasn't there? Yeah, there's quite a pick amount of hop ciders. Yeah. Even canning is, is something yeah. that, uh, I, I don't know, it's been shied away from for a while, but uh, like mm. Oliver's recently released their cider and pairing cans, Nightingale do cans and mm. Kentish pips. So it seems there is uh, it's, it's quite a lot of innovation going on. Uh, mm. Format, you packaging, mentioned, making. Yeah. Did you mention, sorry, a hot cider? Hot. Hot. <laughs> hot. hot. I do apologise. A hot cider. Hot cider, that's for Christmas. Got a bit of a random question for you, because this has come up from someone asked us. Um, the, the, the bottle the cider comes in, does that affect your sales? Because someone said to us the presentation of the bottle might impact on what they buy. Um, I, we have know. had this question before, actually, because we've been asked about whether the shorter bottles sell better than the taller bottles. And there's been a lot of consideration around the taller bottles just looking a bit nicer so that people are more likely to take them off the shelf. Obviously, from, from our perspective. Um, this, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. In terms of 500 mils, for yeah. example, uh, we we have three different sizes of 500 mil that make yeah. us use, apparently. Um, I'm not sure it makes that much difference on a website um, no. because they, once they're photographed and put on there, they all look pretty much the same kind of size. Mm. Um, so you've got, you obviously got in different formats, like 750s and 330s, and but, but that side of thing. I think on, in retail and shops, it's been said that yeah. putting taller bottles into stand up. Taller bottles these tend to get they, they, they make it harder for us to pack the taller bottles. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think there's more of a tendency to, walk, to move towards the clear glass instead of the mm. brown glass now, because obviously that way you can see the colours of the cider, because the colour of cider and perry can range drastically yeah. depending yeah. on what batch you've got. Mm. Um, I think that helps to reflect what you're buying a bit better. Mm. Um, but from just a general point of view, I don't think it's affected any of our things too much. Mm. No. Just uh, back in the beginning when we have cases of 24, and like our boxes are really short, so you're like, please don't buy tall bottles. <laughs> <laughs> just another question to throw at you, because you guys are resellers. And Chris, you mentioned that you've kind of brewed your own over the numerous years. Have you ever thought of kind of selling your own cider? Uh, not at the moment. I am thinking uh, of increasing production uh, at some point to a point and getting registered to a point where I can sell it. Um, but it uh, takes a bit of practice and, and quite a bit of discipline to make a good cider. Uh, I think discipline is, is, is actually probably one of the most important things. I mean, if you go to someone like uh, Ross and White, um, when they go up there and they've been around with Mike, he showed me around uh, and everything, keeping it clean, sterile, keeping air out all the things they do to make sure that they that they can be confident of getting a, a good, consistent, fault-free uh, cider out at the end of it. So that, that, that's one of the key things. Um, so, yeah, we, we've recently moved. Um, we, we were renting. Uh, we've now own our own property, so I've now got the ability, perhaps, to, 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 invest, to uh, investigate that side of things a bit more. And is it, some, is it something you feel you might want to get into, then, now you've got the opportunity? 
Yeah, yeah, over the next couple of years, two, three years, I think, hopefully. Uh, I only made, I, I increased production a bit last year. I've got, uh, made 100 or so litres of cider, so I've got a couple hundred pints out there in the shed. Uh, not quite ready yet, but I was tasting it the other day. Yarlington Mill and Dabinet and the Vilbury. And the uh, the Yarlington Mill, actually, in particular, is coming quite nicely. Mm. Uh, I'm not convinced Dabinet uh, survived the move very well, um, but we'll see. We'll give it time. Time is often a great hero. <laughs> Have you got room for us to um, maybe pitch a tent in the garden? <laughs> sure, we'll need to have a drink in it, so uh, we can't sell it. So. <laughs> Their size just lit up then, did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, yeah, I was going to say, guys, you don't happen to have a website you could sell it on, do you? By oh, any chance. Can't, can't <laughs> <laughs> maybe another website that could recommend it, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You've given us your, your choices of your ciders, but if you're sat in a pub garden, okay, which cider would you drink? Well, that's a very difficult one because I was sat in a pub garden this afternoon <laughs> and the only thing they had on top was Strongbow, so I had a pint of lager. <laughs> so you, you're in the same boat as us because our, our, our golf club only does Strongbow as well. Um, we, we, we weren't as strong-willed as you, Chris. We, we... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yet, yesterday evening I went. To, so unfortunately, in the, in the in the village we live in, um, unfortunately pubs all sell um, the standard mainstream stuff. Um, but the local brewery has a bar on a Friday evening, and they've got uh, Worthy cider in at the moment. Yeah. They vary it. They've got Worthy cider and Wessex cider at the moment, which is fantastic. So we were there uh, last night having a few days. Because <laughs> we obviously we're having a debate over which what we feel is the best like pub cider, and it's going to be one of our podcasts, and it's. It's, where do we go with this? Because the vast majority, as you guys know, of, of pub ciders are not particularly great. Mm, so yeah. it'd just be interesting to get your view. So what you're basically saying, Chris, is avoid strong bow at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best pub cider I've had, I would say, actually, would be um, when I went up to, we went up to the pub at Ross and Wye, their pub, and they had, uh, it wasn't cider, it was perry. They had their perry on tap. Mm. Uh, it was keg-conditioned keg perry. And that was really good. Mm-hmm. That, and a nice, nice cold, a nice, nice drink on a on a warm sunny afternoon. That, yeah. was, that was spot on. That was. That's fantastic. Thank you, Chris and Kaylee. We've got one more part of the interview. Talk to me, tell me to come. And uh, just uh, before we do that, here's Steph with the third and final cryptic clue to help you find the mystery cider. Here's Steph. Final clue for you to see, here is cryptic clue number three. Bob felt this way, he didn't like to be away from home for too long. This week, I have been mostly drinking Orchard Pig, Truffler and Orchard Pig Reveler. We've been drinking Orchard Pig Reveler. Now this is a cider that we've had on numerous occasions in bars, which we thought back in the pre-snob days was quite good. Is it the same one though, mate? Are we sure about that? Blakey's convinced it is. 100%. It takes a load of a lot better in the pub than it does out of the bowl, doesn't it? So looking at the tasting notes, it's supposed to be a medium cider, fresh, golden, clear, lightly sparkling. So when we went through and scored this, it didn't particularly score very well. Uh, looking at our verdict, 
What starts well with a very fine aroma, which I think it's fair to say, Steph, disappoints with the lack of crisp apple flavour. The, the, the taste is overpowered by the lime. If you happen to like citrus flavour, this is a cider right up your street. If not, you may well be unsatisfied. It's a really interesting drink because it started off with that huge, great big hit of lime. With no, really, it started off really a lack of, a lack of apple, lack of a- apple coming through. No, I'll go back one further. It started off when you opened the bottle up of a really lovely smell of apple. But there was no apple in the taste. No, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it wasn't flatter to deceive, didn't it? Because yeah. you opened the bottle and thought, wow. This has got a hell of a lot of apple in it. And then you had a couple of sips and all you got was a tiny trace of apple and a, and a whack of lime, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You, it was strange drinking it because at the time we were drinking it, thinking this is, all right, it's not a great cider, but it's quite a nice, refreshing drink. But as we slowly worked our way through the bottle, we went from I could sit in a, bar, sit in a pub and drink this all day to actually you get fed up with this after about a couple of bottles. So it was a, it was a, bit, it was a bit disappointing, wasn't it, in the end? Yeah, I mean, uh, it flattered to deceive, didn't it? Very I, much. So. I, I, knew, I thought it was going to be a really nice drink based on drinking it in the pub, and it it was totally the totally opposite. Yeah, dis- very kind of disillusioned a little bit with that one, weren't we? Yeah, because you're right. It was almost like you were drinking lime cordial, an alcoholic lime cordial, an alcoholic lime cordial, <laughs> which is not does not make a great cider, does it? So looking at the other one that we did, can you remember what it's called, Steph? <laughs> it was a dry one, wasn't it? Oh, the Orchard Pig Truffler. That's the one. Now again, this was this was a much stronger cider because this was six and a half percent, and again didn't score fantastically well. What again? Looking at the previous cider, had very nice aroma. But again, not a great taste. You had an instant hit of, of, of sweet cider, which very rapidly disappeared with a huge, great big onset of alcohol. And then the, the just zero aftertaste, wasn't there, Steph? I was going to say, it, it turns... Was the word we used bland? Bland is the exact word we used. So we were, again, a little bit disappointed because we thought those orchard pig ones... We've had them previously. Have been a very, very nice drink. Only to find that when moving on a few months and our palates changing, that those ciders are not as good as we anticipated they would be. Well, there you have it. A pretty damning review of Orchard Pig Reveler and Orchard uh, Orchard Pig Truffler. There um, from Darren and Steph. Uh, Next up, we have the third and final part of the interview. And don't forget to hang around for uh, Steph's mystery cider quiz and the uh, solution to that puzzle coming up for you next. So coming up now is the final part of Talk To Me, Tell Me. I'm going to have to ask you this question because um, I'll tell you a little story about something happened to one of my friends. But what would you do if someone offered you a pint of dark fruits? (laughs) (laughs) I think you've answered that. Do I get offered this pain? <laughs> I, I think I'd have to be very, very drunk before I take one of those because it's because I prefer drier cider. I mean, strong dark fruits is is uh, sweet anyway. It's fruity. It's it's not. I, I would drink it. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> 
One of my friends, I'm a massive Liverpool fan, and we went to see us play away at Huddersfield, and we went to one of the Huddersfield local pubs, and my friend ordered a pint of dark fruits at the bar, and it went completely quiet, and some massive guy said, who's just ordered a dark fruit in this pub? And almost to say that you needed to leave. <laughs> Which pretty much is fair comment, I would say. <laughs> they got better taste inside than you thought, Steph, up in Huddersfield. Yeah. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> he fell straight into it. So, guys, just kind of finish up. We, we thought we'd come up with some quick-fire questions, okay? So you've got to answer with the first thing that comes off the top of your head, okay? So no pause, just answer. So I'll, I'll do the first one. So sweet or dry? Dry. Fruity or sour? Sour. <laughs> <laughs> Apple or pear? Pear. pear. Ooh. Strong or refreshing? Refreshing. Ooh. I'll go refreshing. Okay. This is Steph's question, not mine. Scampy fries or pork scratchings? Pork scratchings. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the kind of final question we got for you guys is, what do you love about cider? Or Perry. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the way in which it can be, it can differ so greatly. There are so many different apples like across the UK and so many of them go to waste every single year, just rotting on the side of the road. And when people like make something out of it and it tastes delicious and it's great on a Friday night, um, I'm all for it. I just love that it's just delicious as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I'd agree it's a diversity. Uh, there's so much range, uh, you know, you can even, even take in your, but all your different apple varieties, but you can take a, take a single variety. Um, you can you can do it in so many different ways. You can just ferment it straight out, dry and still, you can sweeten it, you can peeve it, you can rack it. There's so many different things you can do, and you can blend it, and you know, all these different techniques, all these that it's they're affected by the terroir, you know, where they're grown, by the yeasts inside the house. There's so many, so many variables that will affect the outcome and how what a cider will taste like. You get one cider, and then if you multiply that out by all the different sizes there are, yeah. and you can blend them. Such a diversity that I think there truly is a, a cider for every occasion. Mm. One more, I guess, to finish. Just so if people are a cider or peri lover, what is it that you can offer on your website that you wouldn't get anywhere else? Uh, I think it's back to where I said earlier on, where mm. you probably get more information on our on our website than you will on most of the others. Um, it, it depends on the maker, uh, mm. and so it is. Some of them have more information than others, but we do always try. We, you know, we try to visit. We, we visited all bar one or so, one or two of the makers we got on the site, yeah. um, and to, uh, to understand more about them. Uh, and we try and convey that information, the information on the site. Uh, and I think there's, there's information you can find on us that often you won't find on other sites. Thanks, guys. Um, just to echo um, Steph's words, thank you very much indeed for dropping in and chatting no to us. Really thank much. you very much for having us. Yeah. We'll, we'll make sure we, we do a nice plug for you on our website. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, we were thinking, actually, um, and it might be a little bit cheeky, but we'll ask anyway, if we were to kind of put together what it is that myself, Darren and Paul like, in a cider or a perry, would you could you recommend us one? Which is you know I read on your website that you could take our preferences and yeah. you could tweet it to us or you could you know you could put it out onto us and then we can you know I'll, I'll make an order you know I, I trust <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no problem at all. Just let us know um, 
what sort of things you like and we'll yeah. send some suggestions over. Well, that'd be fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. Um, any other questions from anybody else? No, I, I think that's, that's been really good. Thanks, guys, for coming along. We really appreciate you coming along. And yeah, we really do appreciate your time. Thank you. Being our first well, victim. Thank you. We're really honoured to be your yeah. uh, first guest. <laughs> we surprised me. Thank you. No, it's thank been you. lovely to have you on, guys. We won't keep you any longer. Enjoy your evening. Enjoy your Saturday evening. And as you say, we're so. We're so. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. Well, what a brilliant interview that was. Thank you again, Chris and Kaylee, for joining us last weekend to record uh, that that interview for Talk To Me, Tell Me. And the last we heard from Steph, he had given you his third and final clue. Here's just a reminder of the three clues. The first clue was, this cider producer could be described as an early Rembrandt, Picasso or Van Gogh. Uh, clue number two. This is a cider even Shakespeare could not tame. And the third and final clue was Bob felt this way. He didn't like to be away from home for too long. And here's Steph with the answer, uh, the solution to the mystery cider quiz. The answer to our mystery cider quiz is the artist raw subterranean homesick shrews God, managed to get that all out in one go available from ciderexplorers.com who offer scrumptious craft cider and perry delivered straight to your door well done if you got that one i'll have another mystery cider for you to find next time on the scrumps mystery cider quiz Thank you for downloading or streaming our podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to all of the usual bollocks and that you have hit the subscribe or follow button. Thanks again to Chris and Kaylee from Orchard Explorers Club for joining us on Talk To Me, Tell Me. Join us next time when we'll be doing uh, all the same again. We'll have some great guests and uh, some cider reviews. All that's left is for us to steal unashamedly from the two Ronnies and say, it's Toodle Pip from Steph. Toodle Pips. It's Toodle Pips from Darren. Toodle Pips. And it's Toodle Pips from me. Our podcast music was provided by thepodcasthost.com and Alitu, the podcast maker. Find your own free podcast music over at thepodcasthost.com slash forward slash free music. Paul, Darren and Steph would like to remind you to drink responsibly. <laughs>